the Jaguar 4. The rest of the day went by fast, so fast that Wheeler almost forgot how hungover she was. They had to seal off the scene, call in forensics, call in hazmat, debrief the officers. Pena made some calls to the city to find out who owned the warehouse. You'll never guess, he told Wheeler. Single corp, the one and only. Then there was the paperwork. By the time she was done, dinner time had come and gone, and she was exhausted. She was so exhausted that when Pena made fun of her for saying she saw a monster burst out of the guy's back, she didn't bite. Not at first. I'm tired, Pena, she said. Leave me alone. Who are you going to call? She flatlined him. Bill Murray! Fine. You want to fight? You saw it happen, she said, incredulous. You saw it burst out. No, you saw that. I saw an animal loose in a warehouse. Then what about the other two? Both had exactly the same wound in different places. It was a wild animal, Wheeler. Thought it lucked into a couple of days' worth of food. Come on, Pena, that sounds ridiculous. That sounds ridiculous. I know what I saw. Pena shook his head. You came to work smelling like a whiskey bottle. You'll pardon me if I don't necessarily trust your judgment right now. She waved him off. I got paperwork. She worked until six, then went home and crashed. She'd never been so grateful for her bed, and even though it was hot in her apartment, she fell into a deep sleep. Her dreams were vivid, but disjointed. A series of repeating images, really. Tableaus. An old woman gibbering at her. A puddle of squirming eggs, the triple spirals spinning, spinning, the dagger, the pyramid, the moon, the woman, the puddle, the spirals. She woke up sweating and hot, and when she checked her window unit, it was barely cranking out any cold air. She hit it, and it kicked on. For the first time in a long time, she arrived at work early, earlier than Pena, which was a near impossibility. Three manila envelopes sat on her desk, pictures of the warehouse scene, the toxicology report, and the coroner's report. She didn't find anything new in the pictures, and the toxicology report came back inconclusive. But something in the coroner's report struck her as odd. It listed three bodies, each one with roughly the same size wounds, covered in animal bites. That wasn't the odd part. It was the description of the bites. Canine, possibly feline. She read that line three times. Canine, possibly feline? Who are they hiring these days? She picked up the interdepartmental phone and called the genius who performed the autopsy, but he wouldn't back down. We see a lot of stuff like that, he said. Animals that bite like two different species? No. Dead bodies used as a buffet. We've got feral cats and stray dogs all over the city, not to mention raccoons. Hell, I've even seen lion attacks. Lion attacks? Lion attacks. So the bites on the victims at the mill, they came from multiple creatures? I didn't say that. So it was one creature. I didn't say that either. Then what does canine possibly feline mean? Exactly what it says. I don't know exactly what made those bites, but the dental patterns resemble two different species. How is that possible? I told you. Can you explain it again? Not my job. Excuse me? He sighed. I can't conceivably tell you how something like that is possible. Science doesn't prove what you want it to prove. It just tells the truth, whether you like it or not. Wheeler bit back an insult. Can you get me a report of all the similar types of attacks your office has logged in the past three months? No. No? 
Detective, I've got a backlog of autopsies to perform here. My supervisor's on my back all day long about it. I haven't seen the son or my boyfriend in a week. Life's tough. You want that information? You can submit the form online. I'll send you the link. It takes 48 hours pending approval. 48 hours pending approval. Wheeler tapped her teeth with her pen. Can you, can you tell me whether or not there are any animals out there with both canine and feline teeth? I can tell you that such a creature has not been documented. Good, then, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. Are you kidding me? What am I supposed to do with this? I don't know, ma'am. You're the investigator. And then he hung up. Lovely. She shuffled the pictures around on her desk for a little while longer, not getting anywhere. Then she took out her phone, opened up her Maps app, dialed up the warehouse, and added three markers to it. She stared at it, thinking about the night before when she passed out in the alley. On a whim, she found the alley and put a marker there, too. You're here early. It was Pena. He was standing behind her, two cups of coffee in his hands. He set one of them down on her desk and went around to his side. Wheeler took a sip. Thanks. You look a lot better. Yeah, well. What are you working on? Clusters. Clusters? Of animal attacks. Really? She held up the coroner's report. Don't start with me. I've got it right here. The victims were covered in bites. I'm not doubting that part. Called the hospitals yet? No. Why not? What am I supposed to ask them? Hey, you guys have anybody come in with bite wounds that look both feline and canine? What? She tossed the report over to him. He read over it. Who did this autopsy? He asked. Don't get me started on that either. Pena leaned back in his chair and linked his hands behind his head. What about what's his name? You know, the, the EMT, the driver. The one who has the hots for you? Dirk? Deke? Dell and no. Dell the driver. God. He'd been hitting on Wheeler ever since he got the job six months before. He was young and cute, she had to admit, but everything about him screamed former frat boy, from his haircut to the body spray he bathed in. Pena opened up his laptop and started clicking away. It's your case, he said. It's our case. Yours now, I'm handing it off. She tapped her teeth with her pen, thinking. Shit. She was going to have to call Dell, and he was going to ask her out on a date. Eight hours later, she found herself standing out in front of Well Street Station, trying not to look out of place, or worried. She'd gone home to get ready, showered, changed out of her work clothes, and wore something nicer, tighter, even put on makeup. If she was going to play the vixen, she might as well look the part. The letter from the oncologist was buried in some catalogs that came in the mail. She hadn't seen it until she was nearly out the door. Now it sat unopened in her back pocket. She didn't have the courage to read it. Didn't want to go through the mental preparation of planning time off, calling her sister to come and stay with her again, filling up her phone with podcasts and audiobooks. Okay, stop. Stay on course. Even though the sun was beginning to go down, the heat had not diminished. The weather report said it wouldn't break for a few more days. She decided to go into the restaurant before her makeup melted. The hostess brought her to a table by the huge front window. She could see the silver bullets shooting up over the tops of the buildings like a missile. The upper portion was still under construction, with crews working under spotlights all night long. Cranes turned, sparks flew, and every now and then the shouts of the workers reached her ears. The surrounding neighborhood was fully caught up in the gentrification spurred by its construction. Entire blocks were being renewed, squeezing out families who had enjoyed low rents for decades. That was bad, but it also got rid of the drug dealers and the pimps and the prostitution. Just three years before, Wheeler had busted a child's sex ring in the burned-out brownstone across the street. The alleys had been littered with needles and vials, the streets potholed and crumbling, and after two fake fires during which three firemen were shot at, City FD stopped responding to any calls from the area unless accompanied by a police escort. Now she marveled at the transformation. 
Those same disgusting alleys have been scrubbed clean. The streets repaved and several boutiques have moved in. Sweet Grace for Women, Single Corp Upmarket, Nordstrom, Bluebell, and Pettibone Schuler, the city's premier designer grocery experience. She felt safer here than she did at the precinct. In fact, she counted three blue and whites cruising by since she arrived. That never happened before. Ah, money. Ah, capitalism. She checked her phone, partially hoping to see a text from Dell telling her he'd be late. Then she could leave. Oops, sorry, couldn't wait. You blew a loser. Except this wasn't a date. She needed him. And he wasn't late. He still had ten minutes. As she was putting her phone back in her pocket, a voice said, I knew you'd get here early. Just can't wait to see me, can you? Hey, Dell, she said, looking up. She had to admit he was cute. Tall, not too skinny, not too bulky. He was wearing black jeans and a tight black t-shirt that hugged his torso and muscular arms. He pulled out his chair to sit down, and she saw the curved bottom of a brand peeking out from under his left sleeve. He smiled at her as he scooted in. Damn, you look good. You do that for me? Um, mm mm-mm. Classic Metro chic. Jealous of your partner. Just the thought of thinking of Pena that way made Wheeler slightly ill. Come on, Catherine, shine it on. She smiled. More like classic Metro detective, she said. He laughed a little too much at the joke. And, of course, he knew everybody there. The hostess walked by and he said, Hey, baby. It would have been nice if she wasn't underage. He gave a shout-out to the bartender. It would have been impressive if the guy didn't look confused. When the waiter arrived, Dell didn't even look at the menu, just ordered a water for himself. That actually surprised her. And for the lady, the waiter asked, Um, I'll have a water too. He left, clearly disappointed. I would have thought you were a beer guy, Wheeler said. Maybe even Jack and Coke? Not me. I don't drink. AA? Allah. He read her expression. Don't worry, I'm not wearing a vest. I didn't. It's okay, I get it. It's just the frat brand and, well, you. Frat brand? She nodded at his arm. Oh, yeah. Well, I was young once, too. Young? What are you, 23, 24? He laughed. Damn, Catherine. I mean, can I call you that? Wheeler's fine. Oh, okay. He glanced out the window and caught a glimpse of the silver bullet. His smile faltered. Wheeler caught it. You don't like our corporate overlords? She asked. The single corp? No. Seems to have done a nice job with the area. You mean pushing out all the brown people? Wheeler didn't disagree. She wasn't too sure about the single corp herself, but Dell was so forceful that she felt the need to argue. Aren't they hiring all those brown people? Sure, for minimum wage jobs, shift work. It's an opportunity. Not really. The waiter returned with their waters and took their order. Salads, both of them. He left even snootier than the first time. Do you know where the single corp is from? Dell asked. Wall Street? Silicon Valley? Not even close. Russia? He laughed. China? He shook his head. Nobody knows where it's from. Oh, come on, Dell. That's impossible. Look it up. It's listed as a multinational company, but there isn't a single point of origin. The CEO doesn't even speak in public. Ever hear of Foxconn? She had. He tilted his head at the silver bullet. That's the kind of opportunity they're offering. Wheeler took a sip of her water. I didn't know you were such a social justice warrior. I'm a human being, and I don't like it when some faceless corporation takes advantage of people for power. Profit. Profit is power. Wheeler looked out the window across the street. A few of the old brownstones were still standing, but they'd been roped off with yellow construction tape. Dell followed her gaze. All those historic places will be gone soon. Single Corp bought up the block. Where do you think all the people will go? Wheeler thought she knew what he was implying. You don't think they're going to build dormitories, do you? 
just like Foxconn, you work for them, you live on their property, you drink their water, eat their food, wear their clothes, watch their programming. They own you. They own everything about you. What does that remind you of? Wheeler took it all in. Other than the effect that it had on the neighborhood, which in her mind was positive, she hadn't really given what the company was doing any thought. Not as much as Dell had. The waiter returned and placed their plates in front of them with a flourish. Your salads, he said. He held the pepper grinder up. Cracked peppercorn? No thanks, Wheeler said. He held up a dish with a spoon in it. Fresh parmesan? They both shook their heads. Of course not. Can I get you anything else? A cracker? More ice? Wheeler tried not to glare. We're fine. Very well, he said, and left. Dell mixed his salad up with his fork and took a bite. You're very quiet. I'm sorry, it's just... You're not exactly what I expected. I get that a lot. I feel like I need to apologize. This isn't really a date. No kidding. You knew? Look, women like you don't call guys like me out of the blue unless they want something. Oh, way to make me feel horrible. Am I wrong? Wheeler didn't know how to respond, so she told him the truth. No, you're not wrong. I'm sorry. It's okay. I know I come on a little too strong. I was actually surprised when you agreed to go out with me. Wheeler blushed. She almost apologized again, but he cut her off. Don't apologize. Seriously. It has to be important or we wouldn't be here, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is important. So she told him. About the warehouse, about the tumors, about the bites. Everything except the part about passing out in an alley and the dreams she was having. When she was done, he'd almost finished eating. She hadn't touched a bite. I can't believe you ate through all of that, she said. I'm an EMT. You won't believe what I've had to eat through. Fair enough. So, what do you want to know? How can I have anything to offer? Well, have you seen anything like this around town? Animal attacks? Sure, dozens. Dogs, cats. Even had a lion attack once, I heard. So, did you ever have one where people got really sick? Like, rabies? Maybe. Or tumors? Tumors? Animal bites don't cause tumors. Right, I know, but could you check for me? That's confidential stuff, Wheeler. Can't you submit a warrant? I could, but it takes 48 hours pending approval. Plus, she added, do you think a judge would ever listen to me about something like this? Good point. The waiter returned. I don't suppose we'll be ordering any dessert tonight, will we? He glanced at Wheeler's untouched meal. To go box, madam? They laughed when he left. Do you really come here? She asked. No, I was just trying to impress you. Well, I'm flattered, but I'm more of a burger and beer girl. And that guy's an asshole. Yes, yes he is. So what do you say? Can you do a little poking around for me? Del thought for a moment. Then he nodded. Animal bites and tumors. Animal bites and tumors. He smiled. I'll do my best. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Don't forget to check out LilithFilm.com, JamesKnoll.net forward slash BG, and you can support this show for as little as $1 on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Mad Tales. You guys rock. I'll see you next week. Oh,